0: Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors. Brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes. Just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Brilliant. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors produced by the University of East Anglia. My name is Ellen, and I am the London-based higher education advisor. Um, And we have a really exciting episode lined up for you today with Geraint Darcy, who is a lecturer in media practice in our School of Art, Media and American Studies here at UEA. So welcome onto the podcast.
1: Hello. (laughs) Hi, nice to be here.
0: Perfect, thank you so much. Um, So, at UEA, we have several different media courses. We have a traditional media studies kind of programme, but we also have film studies and film and television production. Um, Just from my end, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about these programmes today and kind of share your insights with our teachers and advisors who are listening at home. So, just before we jump into some questions, would you like to kind of just take some time to introduce yourself to our listeners? And maybe share a little bit more about yourself kind of how you came into the, the work that you do now as a lecturer and kind of your research areas
1: thanks yeah sure um so i'm dr Garrick darcy um my specialism is in um production design for film and sonography in in theater um and i tend to find that that like that kind of design thinking goes across all different kinds of media so I've written on production design in television and film, and I've also written on um, ideas of mise en scène um, and acting in comics, uh, of all things. Uh, not the type of place where you would expect to see mise en scène and comic and acting kind of turn up. So I'm quite polymathematical. I look at loads of different things, and I always bring it back to kind of film and television and comics and things that I'm really excited and interested about all the time, and try and make those quite popular, very simple, apparently, things. Uh, become much much more complex and complicated and philosophical and in any way I can I try and make them interesting.
0: Cool um, so yeah first of all just as an introductory question what do you think are the three most important things for a prospective student to know about film studies as an academic discipline?
1: I think for, for film studies the whole idea of is it, of it is looking at like one of the most popular forms of entertainment on the planet and the most important thing to think about is that this is something that reaches everybody almost entirely universally across the planet therefore if you can understand what what it is and how it is doing the things that it apparently does then you have access to understanding all the concerns that people on the planet have but there's a second level to that and that is that that's also just a veneer. That's that's a that's what we're told is important. Um, and actually, and when you start to unpick those things, you can then see what what people want us to think are the most important things uh, for for us to kind of understand that that we're being told uh, through film or through, through television uh, studies. Taking that then and saying, you know, what is like what is what is it like to do production? Would, if you balance those two things, if you balance the idea of like trying to understand what film and television is about and reading film and television, if you can analyse it and break it down then you can also make it um, and that gives you then access to, to a different type of communication where you are actually the person in control of saying what, what you want to say and the, the two things are quite different, really really interconnected but are different ways of, of approaching the same thing uh, and, th- and that is basically about understanding film and tv
0: brilliant amazing yeah and definitely I think at university it's about taking a subject you're interested in and kind of exploring it to a much kind of deeper more advanced level um, and this is something I'm always trying to kind of impress on students when I'm out and about meeting prospective applicants about this kind of yeah taking your interest and your passion for a subject to a kind of higher level at university which is actually very exciting I think um, at that age it was something when I applied to university it was a kind of exciting prospect so my next question is a big consideration for lots of students when choosing a course are the different kind of learning styles and particularly I always get asked about the difference between our film and television studies course and our film and television production course and I get students who come to me and they're more practical they kind of perceive themselves to be more practical and they want to do more hands-on learning Um, and on the flip side I have students who consider themselves kind of more traditionally academic and might be more interested in I guess more traditional coursework essay-based learning so what are the different teaching and assessment methods traditionally found on film courses at university how practical are they
1: no problem. Uh, you know that that's it's quite a large question. I think to kind of give you a note, like an insight into how I do it, how how we do it here at UEA, like specifically, there's the theory and the practice. As far as I'm concerned, are two sides of the same coin. So in order to understand, or get a deeper understanding of your practical skills and what you're doing in practice, you need a grounding of theory. And theory can really open up if you have uh, if you have some element of practice in it. So there's opportunities to do both elements all the way through our courses. But you know, one course it's focused on studies, and one course is focused on practice. I think generally it's like like in the bigger picture of things, um, most universities try to. Have Try to vary assessment methods. Not all universities are interested in doing that though. In film studies and media studies, for example, they have for a long time been preoccupied with proving themselves. The, the bigger universities still feel that the only way to do it really is to do essays and study like these things as texts. Uh, the benefits of some kind of less traditional universities, ones that are more flexible with the way that they look at things, is that. Uh, they'll tend to do differently where they can Um, there's still topics where essays may be the best way of measuring learning but in film and television or, or, or media studies the things that we study also tend to be a good medium to be assessed in so we can do more immersive things things like video essays podcasts video presentations commentaries that, that type of thing. They're a lot more practical to make, but still tend to keep you very close to the media material that you're studying, and at the same time require you to make a comprehensive argument, uh, use critical research and analysis, and aren't quite so bogged down with the intricacies of like traditional academic writing. The advantage of these methods being, of course, um, that they also teach you how to write better traditional academic writing as well. In, in terms of practice, Lots of courses in in those less traditional universities offer some degree of practice, I think. I often find that with us understanding some aspects of television history, for example, can be taught practically. And there's often like a great deal of crossover when practice makes a kind of um, a theoretical penny drop. For example, if you're talking about um, a a live television program going out in the mornings, that's a multi-camera setup, like theoretically, you can say that that's a multi-camera setup but but until you've actually stood there in the studio and looked at multi-cameras watching the same thing happen at the same time and how and see how it's broadcast as if it is live and not recorded that you really get the difference between an idea of something being streamed and broadcast and and you receiving it and you understanding that it's actually live that it's not that it's not entirely kind of structured Uh, or or recorded or or, you know it has some element of of event to it so you know it it, that that type of thing makes suddenly can make a lot of sense if you've been studying things theoretically to then see it kind of like practically Um, and any way that we can we try and make those things kind of like come alive for you and give you an experience to to make those connections
0: yeah absolutely I do think specifically at UEA, that kind of synthesis between practical and theoretical learning matters is something we actually do really well across a lot of our courses. I know um, in our health science courses, um, kind of medicine and um, nursing, we do a lot of problem based learning as a kind of strategy, as a kind of teaching style. And I think increasingly a lot of students it kind of yeah in, feel the benefits of learning in this way at university and particularly Something that I've been talking about a lot recently with students is this kind of value for money on degree programmes. I think it's been in the media a lot as well, talking about students being able to kind of get the most out of their degree. And, and when you are having those opportunities to learn both practically and in the classroom in more traditional ways and to continue to nurture those skills, it's, it's yeah, enables students to basically get kind of the most out of their degree really holistically. So, so yeah, thanks for talking about that. I think it's really useful. My next question is, bit more like future looking something again we get asked about a lot um perhaps slightly more by kind of parents and carers but something that i think we're all aware of is how kind of competitive the media film and tv industries can be for graduates kind of entering the job market so what kind of roles might a student expect to take up when they enter the job market after graduating from a film studies course and just kind of in your personal experience, I guess, from graduates you've been working with recently, what do you think the job market is like for a film studies graduate? I, th-
1: I think it all depends on what you're interested in doing. So there's, you know, there's not really, there's not really jobs out there where you be, where you go off to, to an office to do film studies, right? But there there is a, a kind of an awful lot of, of of public awareness about what kind of entry-level jobs look like in film and television production, but most of those jobs don't involve being on set, but they you know involve being in in kind of like you know, doing office work, preparing meetings meeting with people organizing things things that come together later on sets or in studios and that that side of things you know there's a good deal of kind of un, unstructured freelance work which can be hard to penetrate and get into um, but there's also a lot of cultural and screen industry related jobs work in media offices work as, as production assistants work in cinemas and events uh, events planning there are like crunchy technical roles if you want them and you know a bit about cameras or audio and there's, you know, but there's also jobs writing for online websites. Uh, there's also office work in solicitors offices um, that specialize in media or, the, you know, there's working companies who don't have any interest in film and media at all, but need motivated people who can organize their time, who can write clearly, who can argue their point and who are good team players um, and, you know, have have kind of like the requisite social skills um, for, for actually getting work done with other people. You know, film and TV studies, media studies degrees produce those people. Production degrees are, are, are a bit are a bit different. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to produce people who want to work in, in, in film and, and in television. And you know, that's a really big growth area in the UK at the moment. BFI said last year that there's going to be a 64,000-person shortfall by uh, 2025, and that that's great, but that's not 65,000 directors. Of course, that's you know, script supervisors, production assistants, um, that's that's runners, that's so it's kind of like site electricians and, and kind of assistants, and and people that make people that make the film industry work. <laughs> that's that's what is needed, uh, and and you know th- this is quite an exciting time at the moment.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think it's about honing in on those transferable skills and yeah, it's always just positive to kind of reiterate and remind students of all of those opportunities out there that, you, you know, you, they might not be aware of on the surface level. We There's always traditional jobs we think of in a certain sector but there's so much more going on. You did say it was quite an exciting time in that answer. Would you mind just kind of unpacking, do you mean like an exciting time for the industry?
1: Yeah, the, the, at the moment there's a perfect storm in like the film industry in the UK. Loads and loads of production companies have withdrawn from Europe. It's become really expensive for companies to, to shoot in Europe. Um, and so, like US companies looking for places where there are um, ready work pools, they're looking to the UK. Uh, lots of streaming services are moving big studios to to the uk and they're, they're kind of setting up in and around london they're setting up um, across the, the southeast and that area is considered saturated now and uh, so they're looking to the rest of the uk uh, for for sites to start moving industry towards norfolk is one of those places where there's not a lot of untapped potential in terms of uh, kind of location and talent and it we're kind of ripe for the picking we've, we've just kind of kind of align the industry to come and talk to us and, and we're already working on those partnerships to make that happen.
0: Fantastic, amazing. Um, always good to have some kind of insight yeah on the kind of fu- future of uh, discipline and where it's kind of heading. Yes yeah, so I've just got one more question for you and it kind of leads on quite nicely from what you were just saying there actually about the kind of direction of the the industry. I think a lot of prospective students are interested in media studies because there's so many kind of new forms of content and communications developing at the moment. It's very relevant to them as a generation if we think about younger students, I guess, kind of going off to do their first degree. So how do you think media studies as an academic discipline or as a sector is going to be changing in the coming coming years if you do have anything kind of further to say on what you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, it it is, you know, the, the film industry here is pretty exciting, but actually media studies as a whole is rapidly becoming, I think, probably one of the most important degrees that you could take. The idea of media literacy and being media literate is really, really important. Like, I can throw quite, quite an academic answer. At you first of all and then I can unpick it with kind of like more commonplace ideas like we've been talking about the idea of convergence of media convergence since like the late 90s the idea that like different media are merging and becoming con- like content production oriented while at the same time losing the kind of larger institutional structures that that govern their separation we've been seeing that happen in real time in like film and television and music and the internet and new media and we've been mapping those shifts and changes academically and it's absolutely what media studies is about is trying to comprehend what is happening and how it is affecting our media saturated lives to kind of like like break that down a bit that like Disney for example um, is a a big one is a big one and sometimes it's scary right and we get called the Mickey Mouse subject in media studies all the time by by the by the detractors of media studies, and you kind of wonder why. And you know we we have the answer. Like it's not bad to be a Mickey a, a Mickey Mouse subject. As Mickey Mouse brought in 6.8 billion dollars in the first quarter of 2022. Um, you know that's that's a lot of money. That that's a huge huge business model, and it is vast. It owns. You know, I was born in the '70s. It owns all of my childhood now. So it owns Studio Ghibli, it owns all of Sega's output, it owns most of Nintendo now, all of Marvel, it owns Star Wars. Um, it owns absolutely everything. And every every time you look at something, you go, "Well, who's this owned by? How how does that work in the big kind of media business scheme of things?" And you realise how connected stuff is. You start to go. Why do they consider this to be a Mickey Mouse subject? Um, it's not, it absolutely isn't. Um, and, and then, you know, then you realize that um, there's other things happening that these com- like companies like Disney, not, not just Disney, but other companies as well are kind of like at the forefront of like um, AI technologies at the moment, um, which have become like just in the last three months, very, very disruptive and are rapidly emerging and kind of the, like what's the next iteration of that going to be? How do we govern that? How do we understand the policies that are needed for that? And media studies has the answers for those things, or at least it has the has the, the tools to apply to those things that that we can then you know, argue about how, how to make um, how to make those things understandable. And the beauty of doing media studies or any aspect of it is that you can look at all of that stuff Um, at a variety of scales and levels, get something different out of them. Um, And universities are there to take you through what they might be interested in, their aspects of of that going through. Uh, But they'll also give you the tools to do the same thing and look at in detail exactly what interests you.
0: Fantastic. I think that was a brilliant way to close. And yeah, hopefully this resonates with some of our listeners when they're thinking about particular students they have in their classroom and and, and they can kind of see all the things you're talking about in those students. Hopefully it's been useful. So thank you so much for joining us. I've personally really enjoyed learning a bit more about um, the discipline and, and kind of hearing about it in the different contexts. So I'm sure our listeners will find it really helpful. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much
0: so thanks to our listeners for tuning in our dedicated team of higher education advisors are now kind of in our season for offering personal statement talks and support sessions so if you do have any of your year 12 classes who are looking to prepare for the UCAS season then please get in touch with our team on schools at uea.ac.uk thank you that's it for this month's episode of nurturing bright futures we would absolutely love to hear from you to book a visit make a suggestion or ask us a question drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk thanks for joining us